Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the D-Hoop University podcast. This is your host, Daryl Harris, also known as D-Hoopster. You might have heard a little, just a little bit of pizzazz in my voice when I said 26, because that's also how old a brother is turning in just a matter of days. So this uh, drop is right on time. We got Shiv, we got Jacob, and we are reacting to the NBA draft and the lackluster trades that happened so far. And I only say that because the the bar was maybe too high in terms of what we were hoping would happen in the NBA draft. But there was still plenty to chew on, plenty to take away, and that's what we got into over the course of the recording. So... I hope you enjoy. As always, like and follow wherever you're listening. And if you're listening, but you haven't left a review, then you haven't finished your assignment yet. So be sure to leave us a review as well. We appreciate it. Again, thank you for listening. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some hoops. Locking in. You know the game, we locking in. How we doing, fellas? We vibing, bro. Good day of basketball. What's up, what's up? We got a, you hear Jacob in the background. You hear Shiv popping off. We uh, are here to discuss pretty much, this is the post-draft recap because Every day, you know, there's a, there's a new story in the NBA, and even in the off season, they are just factories for content on the daily. So, since we last talked, we've been kind of on the money about some stuff. Some trades have went down. I feel like we have instant reactions to the draft, along with some feelings from the draft that had nothing to do with the players <laughs> so i don't know where we want to start shiv was in shambles last night because marcus smart got traded in shambles i was i and was jordan pool is now unfollowing draymond green on instagram that's confirmed yeah <laughs> where, where do we want to jump in Welcome to the the drama of the NBA in the 2020s, I suppose, um, with Instagram. But I just want to point out Jordan Poole and Mia Khalifa in the same city. 25 plus, 25 plus a game next season. Lock it in. Throw it on the sports books. Mortgage the family. Mortgage the children. That's a lock, bro. That's like he could he, – he might just like – yeah, I don't know. He's in a good spot, though. He kind of needed his own team. He wasn't trying to play team ball. You know what I mean? The Warriors yeah. won a ring because of him, because he, like, exploded in the finals last year. But I don't know. It feels kind of weird. I, are we going to talk about the Chris Paul thing? We could. I don't. I get the whole, like, let's go get a point guard to, like, steady the offense. We were, like, we had a good enough offense last year. 
but it just feels kind of weird. Like, how do you run Steph, CP3, and Clay and Draymond at the same time without getting like abused inside and on the boards? Jake, where, where, where are you at right now? I think the move was just more of getting rid of that Jordan Poole like, contract than it was just kind of focused on trying to attain CP. And they saw the opportunity to kind of just, you know, just pick him up. And I, I actually think it'll go pretty well. Like, I know they're small, but you have Steph. Steph has never really played off the ball like that. I guess maybe off the Draymond just a little bit. You give, you know, CP – um, Steph and Clay, like on the wings for him to operate. You know, you do, you just need like another big, like you got to get a solid big that you can like pick and roll with, like not Kevin Looney or something like that. But uh, to be honest, man, like they got rid of that contract and they picked yeah. up CP. And you know, next year they have the choice to kind of bring him back on a cheaper uh number if they want or let him go. I think it was like a win win situation for the most part. But it is the classic mismanagement of assets, right? Like you re-sign a guy so you don't let him walk for free. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> on the on the pool trade, I think that uh, pretty definitively, Golden State shouldn't have done that. Now, all of this will be kind of result dependent. If Chris, if they get a championship with Chris Paul next year, then by all means, it was the right move. But. I think that letting go of pool versus retooling the roster in a different way wasn't the right way to go. Not right now, because he at least would under, he's the only young guy that has caught on to the dynasty and gotten to experience what it's really like. You lose that now. And once Steph's gone and cooked, how are you, continuing what you built when you could have with a point guard that mirrored his style and could have rode shotgun until Steph was ready to hang it up. And that's no time soon. So there's that of it. And for one, kudos to Washington, because after the Beal trade, their haul was essentially whatever they could get in return for Chris Paul. We said he would never wear a jersey. His days were numbered. The over yeah. we should have put an over under when when we mentioned that shift because <laughs> the over under for days on the team if, if it was it probably at like eight over, days over six yeah like, it was it was it would have been a crazy <laughs> line yeah no surprise I mean there's no way he was gonna throw on a Wizards jersey right that'd be the biggest ball of all time but you know the the tweets were in mass they were viral about how embarrassing the return for. Beal, Hachimura, and John Wall essentially was for Washington over the course of their their last yeah. 10 years in, yeah. in investments. But they have now spun that into a damn good haul because Chris Paul was a fluid asset. Like that was essentially a part of the Beal trade now in, in retrospect. And yeah, I think you were on the nose too, Shiv. Uh, Jordan Poole's about to go over there and ball. Dude, last season was shot. We talked about the Warriors. After that whole slap incident happened and the chemistry of the team was still missing an interior presence to just compete on the court and you had the trust kind of broken and like fractured at least. And then the playoff rotations didn't help any, at all. 
we already said there's, you know, redundancy in the lineup because you can't get your best five guys out there with him, Clay, and Steph in the back in the backcourt and having to play Draymond. So, you know, I don't think that letting go right now was the move because clearly there's some tension in the room in Golden State in the front office. It's pro- that's probably why Bob Meyer stepped out because this tough decisions were coming. I don't think that was the right one. The tougher one was cutting the core with clay or, you know, pressing the issue on that front. If you ask me, but I I don't think, I think it was nearsighted. I don't think they're going to reap the benefits in a couple of seasons from letting go of Jordan Poole right now. I know the salary is big, but you got to get those other guys to take pay cuts. They're taking the Rams approach the same way the Suns are just like, and for those that don't watch football, the Rams just moved to L.A. recently. I don't know how many years ago. What was it, like three years ago maybe? Uh, no, I've been, been there for a minute now. Oh, they have? What, what I don't take, know. Like four or five years? Time flies. Ever since COVID, time, time just flies at this point, so who knows. Yeah. But the Rams essentially sold their future, brought out a bunch of stars, and they, they put together a Super Bowl run. And it's kind of like what the Warriors are doing. It's like their last kind of hurrah. Because they can get there with this with this group one more time. They're they're a piece away, and maybe and I I will say it'll be really really fun to watch Steph play a two, and not like handle the ball as much. Unless maybe he does, and Chris Paul plays off ball. I assume no. Steph's gotten bigger, considerably bigger, and can handle contact way more yeah. than he could five years ago. So he's almost prepped himself for that. And with pool alleviating some of the ball handling, he, he's had that option in the last year or two. So, and Steph can do whatever he wants out there, of course. So it's going to be magic. Refs are going to be pulling their hair out. It's going to be nitty gritty in the postseason yeah. with whoever they're playing against. It'll if be we- funny to watch the Warriors fan base defend Chris Paul to the death of them, though, especially because growing up in the Bay, so many Warriors fans, you know, just F Chris Paul. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to see this stuff. Chris Paul with his dirty plays, right? And now they have to kind of embrace him. Kind of funny. Yeah. I have a question yeah. for you guys, man. <laughs> What's up with the mismanagement of, like, these extensions, right? So, what, what, like, what's up with these teams extending these players at a ridiculous number just to let them kind of – you know, give him up later for an asset. Like, like if you're Jalen Brunson and you're the Mavs, you can kind of lock him in on an extension on a reasonable contract. You do that. But, you know, Jordan Poole, that contract was ridiculous. Like, you had no reason to extend him earlier. You could have just let it play out to restrict the free agency. Kind of just, you know, he's not going to get more than that. What you gave him, he's not going to outplay that number because, like, that was already above and beyond what was expected. Um, yeah. And, I'm glad. And, yeah, I just think I just think that Bob Myers thing was like it's just like a cowardly move. Like you're okay with doing all the other stuff, but when it comes down to the tough decisions, like you don't wanna, you know, you, you can't do that. So you kind of just walk out. We got Mike Dunleavy, you know. Well, it's one way to look at it. Yeah. Some people don't wanna some people don't wanna be the Jerry Krause. Cause it didn't work out for Jerry Krause. And it's kind of like the idea of just bowing out when you're on top. It's like, all right, I drafted the core. I signed KD. 
I literally changed the game of basketball forever by assembling this one team. I probably assembled the greatest team ever in the history of the sport outside of Olympic basketball. And like, I don't really have much more to accomplish in this capacity, especially if that involves breaking up the team that I drafted. Like, what good does that do for my like mental health? <laughs> and so maybe it's just like, whatever, dude, I'm out. Like I did it. I won four rings. Like I finessed all of this. Like, let me just bow out on top. But I agree as, 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 a, as a Warriors hater, I agree. Step up to the plate, Mr. Myers. You were so ready to sign KD from the parking lot of Game 7. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You and Draymond got on the group call. Also, it's like, you know, the 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 one person, the person who, you know, invented the recipe is going to care more about the the recipe and the formula and all that, like, as, as time goes. So it's like that person honestly would make the best move next. So you're not setting somebody else up for success on the extensions. It's fun. I'm glad that you mentioned um, Jalen Brunson with the Mavericks, because I was trying to think of one where they didn't do it, but it's like a herd mentality in the NBA where it's, well, you got to extend the guy because you can't let him walk. Well, hmm, let's consider all possible outcomes. Because, right, just because you do extend the guy so you don't lose out on anything, that's going down one path where, all right, now you might mishandle, you might have over-projected what that person was worth, you might have been prisoner of the moment at the time, and now you're finding yourselves in a Bradley Beal situation, which they turned around, but into a situation where you can't get near market value what you paid for an asset because it's like, just completely tanked but you hang on to it because you think that you can't lose it for nothing on the flip yeah dallas did lose brunson for nothing air quotes last year all right didn't work out so hot for him last year you know who else kind of flank fizzled out the new york knicks whatever this year dallas has freed up some money this is kind of weaving in draft now because they got rid of bertons that was about 15 million a day and they aren't strapped or bound to a contract that they would have gave Brunson. That's why they're able to have Kyrie on their team right now. And they're a little more flexible. And like we said, we have to have Kyrie now, like you have to give things time to play out. Um, And you're seeing both sides of it. So maybe teams need to start saying, Hey, I like, I love what Omar said. He was like, I don't believe in overpaying for players because if you do, you eventually find yourself in a equally sticky position that you can't really get out of and you know that's a good that's a good reference um because yeah they they extended pool i still just think that that shit that wasn't the right move to make Mm -hmm. right now i kind of felt the same about boston once we were factoring in the second and official trade that they made when the first report came out it accelerated really quickly and it was like, oh, they're interested in Porzingis. An hour later, okay, the trade's in. It's a three-team trade. Whoa, all right, cool. And then it fell through like 30 minutes later, 45 minutes later. I don't know. It wasn't that long. It but wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. It really wasn't. Um, And it was like, all right, and <laughs> both sides have moved on. An hour later, 
Yeah, they have a midnight deadline because of Porzingis's contract extension deadline, and they might make it happen still. And then it happens, and it's a completely different trade. And now Marcus Smart's gone. I, go ahead, I think that at that point, I think at that point you're forcing it. If the first trade happened, I loved it. We were all, I was ready to say, yeah, you don't need Brogdon. I know he won an award. I couldn't tell you what he looked like in a Celtics jersey or, or one play that he had this past season. Just because it didn't stick out. I watched plenty Celtics. <laughs> like, but he was a guy in a jersey that was a good player, but you didn't need him. And you already deep at that position. So what you could have done was, I forgot even what the first trade was. I didn't write it down right now. But it, you know, you had Porzingis at what I thought was a good price. Or good expense, just kind of moving off of Brogdon. Cool, let's do it. Now that didn't happen, and you know, everybody is glorifying. Hey, did we look at Porzingis's advanced stats from the last six months of last season? He was actually much better than we're thinking. All right, guys. Yeah, he's playing without a care in the world or any pressure in the world in Washington last year. I was an advocate for Przingis of late as well, but he's also a little shaky and you're talking about extending him once he gets here. You, that was the first deal. I don't, I was like, all right, if it happened the first time, cool. All right, let's all ride. If you have some more time to think about it. All right. You know what? Maybe let's, maybe let's chill for, for the next six hours and we'll wake up tomorrow and, and get back at it. And, Think about it a little more. I don't like how the trade went down for them. And I think losing Marcus Smart wasn't the way to go about it to put a lot of eggs in this basket, but they also somehow snuck multiple picks out of it. I have no idea how they brought that back in that trade, everything that they did, but they have positives that they'll spend for it. They made some picks tonight in the draft, but how Jacob let, let's hear let, let's see what Jacob thinks about it because Shiv's got Shiv's got a lot to say I'm sure I mean Porzingis he Porzingis was just a one piece that, that I kept my eye on during during this offseason and I would have loved to end up on the Lakers so I think it's a huge get if he could just stay healthy like like Porzingis is a huge get because he kind of I think for Boston and for any team like when you have Porzingis on there like you just had more upside Cause, yeah, because he can go off at any time. Might might I add, and I'm, I'll let you, and I'll let you go. I I did tell I shift this last night. I was like, you know, it's a lot of even if me if I'm if I'm begging on it because I just was. We maybe shouldn't look at like oh now Porzingis now Boston has Porzingis or like how can he like lead this team? It's like no, you what you kind of did was you just gave Jason Tatum a Kristaps Porzingis to play next to and like add to the arsenal. And it's like, all right, actually like we haven't had free a, a LeBron at 26 didn't play next to a Jalen Brown and a Chris Dapps Porzingis and, you know, meaningful role players. So we should, cons- I told him, I was like, they should be the favorites actually. So I'm hating, I'm hating. There's two sides to it. I'll let you go, Jay. Yeah, and, and I think it matters on the contract that they signed Porzingis to also. Like, yeah. is it does it make sense, right? Or is it like a crazy, like, I don't know, like four-year, $140 million or something? Just something crazy that, like, just doesn't make sense because he does have some health concerns and stuff. And uh, he hasn't been the best on the defensive end on the floor uh, the past couple years. 
But um, I, I honestly love the pick. Of course, Marcus Smart is that get, kind of grit and grind player you would love to have because he just sets the tone defensively and he's like a great leader for you. But I kind of get the sense that they were ready to move on from him if they included him in the trade so quickly, right? Um, that's the that yeah. that's how I feel about it. Uh, that was cold. That was cold blooded. What Memphis yeah. did, I respect because Memphis went and got somebody to put in their locker room. Yeah. So I I like that. I like that a lot for Memphis. It's going to be meaningful. And you just look at you know adding a piece wise, he can play point guard minutes until John Morant gets back. And. Yeah, bro. You're going to help your team float through that and probably be better. In the that, that was a good get for Memphis, meaningful get. Yeah. So, so now Boston has like kind of a hole at the point guard spot in my position. They got to do something, right? So, is this their I, way of kind of convincing? Brogdon, Brogdon. Hmm. Can they can they do the hey, like Jalen Brown? I guess Jalen Brown kind of thing. I He's guess. up for a huge extension. That would you be a lot. Of, yeah. You get. Dame, Tatum, and Porzingis, you have some draft capital. That'd be a Is lot that, of movement. It would be a lot of movement. It would be they a got lot guys. Of they have. They, I think uh, Brogdon's days are numbered. I think we could set the over under for Brogdon at maybe, uh, maybe fifteen and a, maybe is twenty one and a half a good number for for Brogdon's days? Show about three weeks maybe in a, in a Celtics jersey or. I think if he does get traded, he gets traded before the season starts. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think they're gonna. They're not gonna roll Missoula into another summer where he doesn't know what he's playing with. Yeah. Well, he was you know gone. I mean? He was gone in the first deal, so I don't yeah. think he's coming back. I just. I'm so. I'm so mad at the Clippers. Right. Like you signed Kawhi and PG in 2019, and in 20 four years later, when they only play like 20 games a year. Now, four years later, you decide to care about a player's health. Oh, like a physical blah, blah, blah. Like, bruh, your two stars don't even play. At least Malcolm played like 60-something games for us. Like, what what are you tripping about? Like, you're telling me four years later, you're not tripping over Kawhi's knee still? But you're going to trip over Malcolm Brogdon's elbow? Like, bro, get out of here. Like, Steve, this is why I'm not buying Xbox. This is why I'm a PlayStation guy. I'm not with Microsoft. Steve Ballmer just gave me another excuse not to be with Microsoft. Anyways, F the Clippers. Yeah. Okay, like, I hate Clippers. Even though their ticket prices were cheap and I could just walk to the stadium when I lived in L.A., that's the only reason I like the Clippers. Other than that, I hate them now. Um, but not trustworthy. I was gutted when I – like, when I, I was gaming, I was on 2K when I, like, everyone started blowing up my phone. I'm like, why is everyone blowing up my phone? This could only either mean the Celtics did something crazy or they're just ready to – they think I'm, like, dead meat and I'm just being, like, fed to the wolves, right? And, of course, like, it's like, oh, yes, traded Marcus Smart. And initially my thought was, yeah, like, we're screwed. Like, he's the only guy that really – had the heart and like it was just so he just embodied boston culture so much like he cared about all the vets like he was willing to do whatever it takes like only guard to win defensive player of the year since gary payton and he deserved it that year like i don't want to hear it about mikhail bridges i want to hear it about whoever else was in the running that year it was Marcus memphis Beatty. memphis now has back-to-back -back player of the years on the roster yeah yeah they do even though jjj's felt a little fraud fraudulent because he can't stay out of foul trouble. But like, nah, bro, he 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 he. 
Yeah, that fool guards the room. And uh, now he just tear those guys. That's, that's pretty nice. It is. It is. And I'm happy that at least the Celtics dealt him to a team where he could still contend. Steven I Adams him. and Desmond Bain in that five. That's a five. That's true. I guess it's unfortunate because I don't really want to root for the Grizzlies, but I'm obviously going to be rooting for his success. Like he meant so much to the community and stuff. If you just kind of read the stories, like he just, he, he meant so much to like, I think the Celtics and I remember being in high school and watching the draft. I remember Marcus Smart playing at Oklahoma State. We we took him, and I remember just being super ecstatic because I was like, I think this guy's going to be a nice point guard. He's kind of got a jumper. He's like a pit bull. He's like a bulldog. Like He's just always going to come at you. Heart's always in the right place. Mind's always in the right place. And he's one of those guys that just gets so underappreciated because he's always willing to do whatever it takes to win. And to his credit... He got to an NBA Finals as the main point guard after five years or eight years of people saying Marcus Smart can't be a point guard. He can't be a point guard. He takes Celtics to the Finals as point guard. Obviously, we traded for Derek White, which helped as well. But I'm going to miss him. I am going to miss him because watching Celtics games won't be the same without him. I will say that. He really was a culture setter. He was in a critical identity piece. You could tell he had the respect of everybody in that organization, in the front office, all the way down to the players and the training staff. And so um, Memphis got a great a great point guard for their situation with the jaw suspension, but also just going forward because they're just like a bunch of toddlers in that locker room. They don't know what it takes to be like a seasoned pro and handle things the right way. And yeah. Marcus Hart will go in there and influence them incredibly well because he's just that type of guy. Like he's 29 years old. He's he's going to be a great influence in that really, really young locker room and hopefully take them to the to the next step, you know. I think he was the longest tenured Celtic, to be honest. He is. And and now Jalen Brown is the longest tenured Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty crazy. He's the last of that era of like of the Brad Stevens offense. era almost. Him and him, Yeah, no, him essentially. Essentially. I was about to say it was literally he's like the last piece from that Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder whatever era of Celtics basketball that was, I don't really know what to call it, but he was like, he's the last like pillar to fall from that era. Last um, of the Mohicans. Yeah. And so <laughs> I am, I'm sad to see him go, man, but I wish him well. And, you know, we traded, we traded a former defensive player of the year for Tingus Pingus. So let's see what we can do with, with glass knees and sharp haircut. Bro's looking like I, Ivan Drago over there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's see what happens. Like, I guess, you know what I mean? I got to rock with the kid now, but it's like, yeah, I looked into some of the advanced stats, right? Everybody's kind of, yeah, no, man, the efficient post score or whatever, but yeah, yeah. it gave Tatum a a pretty neat weapon when in the front court, all you had was Horford and Rob last year. And if they were to just stand pat, even he'll still have Horford and Rob. Oh, and now we got Porzingis. Like, see if you can, like, get him involved. Like, yeah. see see if you like playing with him. Like, JT, let us know. Yeah. So, it's not best. It's Yeah, man. Hey, we talked about Bob Myers and the Golden State front office. It's a man's business. It's, it's Game of Thrones in, in this front office. I, I saw Chris Wait, Paul on – saw Chris Paul on Good Morning America. He found out he got traded on a plane. It's like, yo, that's Chris Paul. You know? It's like he's appearing on national television. 
aside from his impending trade. Like he didn't know he was getting traded. Like it's this is the things happen and you know can't be afraid. But I, those were the two big things. We'll, we'll keep our ears to the streets. Um, you know, they were making calls on guys like Tobias Harris. They're making Toronto's up to something, I'm sure. You know, uh there's a lot to Chris Paul. I mean Chris Middleton declined his what is that? It was too much. Mike Milwaukee had to shake it up. He was on a max contract. You're not getting renewed, buddy. And Brooke Lopez is kind of coming off too. So either you're going to have to opt out so you can re-sign with us and we can restructure this, or, you know, we got to wait and see what Brooke does. Maybe we can work this all out. So they're just kind of in flux, but they needed the the option. But all those guys are also over 30. You got to get Giannis some, some fresh legs back there, literally. Yeah. And uh, they're going to do that. I'm sure this offseason they're going to try to do that at least. Um, so I think it's some of that. And hey, if if, if he's gone, he's you know, hey, we got like we're not overpaying people over here. <laughs> uh, it, but if you can make that money elsewhere, go get it. Like we we not mad at that. But yeah. um, so we'll we'll see. But those those were two big dominoes: the the Chris Paul trade and the uh, Porzingis trade. Now the NBA draft went down as well. And I don't know. Let, let's go. Uh, let, let's go. Uh, re, like kind of big picture reactions, and then I'll walk through some of the picks, and we'll just stop and pivot where we kind of need to, and whatever doesn't get covered. But um, I think people were waiting for, I would say, quote unquote, more to happen in this draft. But I think that what, of course, I we were like I said, if this was going to happen, I think it goes down on draft night because. Teams are going to get shy, gun shy when it comes time to pull the trigger on a deal until they know the domino after that they want to is going to fall that they want. And hey, push comes to shove. Let's wait. I, I'll always prefer that over a risky decision. And also, this draft had a ton of talent, a ton of guys that I think are going to earn minutes next year. And we're going to talk about this draft class, this rookie class as the season plays out. And I think that, yeah, the big chess pieces weren't moved around, but it was an intense, like, recruitment going on. Like, it was a, hmm, who are we really, like, planning to play next year with this guy that we're drafting? Like, it wasn't a, oh, let's just, let's take the dra- the draft and stash. They're all, here goes, we're just going to bow out and pick next year. Like, no, teams who weren't sure, we're like, no, nah, I'm taking, I'm grabbing somebody. Yeah. And that's because I think this draft was very, very deep. <laughs> My takeaway from the draft was that Derek Lively is like if Willie Cauley Stein used his brain. Like I feel like <laughs> it's like what Willie Cauley Stein was like supposed to be, but like uh, never panned out to be. And I think that's gonna be kind of nasty with Luca and Kyle. Do you wanna know do you wanna know Chuck's player comp? I, I don't remember. It, it wasn't a, you know, lock it in, but it was Rudy Gobert. Really? This brother. He, he, I feel he, like this guy has I think more he said, Rudy, though. Rudy has, like, no offensive bag. It was a Rudy, Gobert with, upside. It was a Rudy Gobert with upside. Uh, okay. it, but I'm just saying, like, shades of who is shit. Like, and I was like, whoa, if that's your first impre- like takeaway about this guy, that he can be that impactful defensively. Yeah. But I can also I look at him and see that he might learn a post move. Yeah. 
whoa, we're talking about a guy. Potentially. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely going to be a guy. Um, and he nailed that. He, he he said that Dallas needs to target him. I mean, dude, look at like that. He would like, take him at ten if they stayed there, and they took him at twelve. So the shout yeah. out to Chuck. Here's a shout out on the record. Seriously, shout out to Chuck for that. Um, but it's like, like, bro, like they took Dwight Powell to the Western Conference Finals. Like, you give him a guy from Duke who's like been met for this. Like, dude, he's gonna average. He's he's gonna be a beast next year. Um, but also, you know what I always find kind of funny on draft night? One is the player comparisons. They're always just so ridiculous. Like, it's like the well, player comps are always so funny. It's like let, let's of- talk about the uh let's talk about the broadcast just for like 90 seconds because Dude, like what was the whole like teaching me how to do like a one dribble pull-up if I'm seven five? <laughs> I was like, bro, what's happened? Like, what happened to the game I love, man? Like no man, happened- drafts overall are like easy to like be like what am i watching right now yeah. terrible we terrible. had we had victor's shoe size with with a sliding graphic the the baseball <laughs> picture you had to show i, yeah, I showed the guy next to me at work like hey look, like look at this is the guy look at him holding a baseball crazy right <laughs> but the end i don't know it, it was it was a lot of shout out to everybody everyone that walked that stage deserved their moment yeah. Um, so that that's that's cool, but it was I don't know. Drafts are just funny to sit through and be like, <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> They're like trying to sell me on like some ridiculous thing, but um oh man, what was I gonna say? Oh. They got rid of Jalen Rose on there too. Yeah. Like Jalen Rose. His comparisons were the one of the best parts of the draft, right? His Jalen Rose was missed and stuff like that. And I missed when Bill Simmons was on there too, because Bill would always just be like, you know, they, they've always missed, they've always needed Bill since he left. So that's that's the that's the real pop father. Shout out to Bill. Yeah, shout out to Bill. Shout out to the BS. But terrible. Um, let's. Well, I'll just. I'll start going through it. Or, oh, here, here's what else I also think. Jaime Jaquez, dog, bro. He's such a dog, and Miami's gonna like. He's gonna be so nice in Miami. He's gonna be like everything Caleb Martin was, but like actually throughout a regular season, not like no. fluky Caleb Martin one series against Boston. Like he's gonna a, do that every game. He'll be a consistent offering of what they were hoping on just one of those guys to do night to night. Yeah, he'll be a I consistent offering. I think of that's that, such a Miami Heat pick, and I love Jaime Hawkins. I have Ma- so many mature questions. guy, seasoned guy, used to content like ready for you know and international. Always runs in the Rico Hines summer. Like, just like has a like has a different feel to his game that throws guys off, and he, he's gonna find, he's gonna find a bucket. Um, Midi magician. Shout out to the. Well, let's let, let let's start at the top, just so we don't miss it. But of course, so Victor won. Cool. Charlotte, <laughs> Brandon Miller. Interesting. Uh, Not sold. I think he's gonna be good, but I'm just like, I could also see him being like okay. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know, man. Watch that guy, like spend spend three minutes watching some of his plays, dude. I'd I'd say trust me, dude. I think this Brandon Miller cat is, is going to be a multi time All Star. Like he has a great handle for a guy who's six nine, pushing six ten, still getting bigger, still finishing his frame. Has a pull up on him. It's clearly banging out on you because I have 
crazy length. He's kind of like, honestly, I think he's a year three Paul George as like a rookie coming in. Year two, at least a year two Paul George once he figured out that he was kind of nice. And once like everybody, once Indy figured out he was nice, I think he's that coming in. And, and that's why I, after, like I said, spending a few minutes watching this guy was like, wait a second. This is a pro, 100%. And Scoot is no, too. I've... So I, I hate for that to, you know, made it kind of seem like Scoot isn't about to average 21 because I literally think he's going to next year in Portland. Whether Dame's there or not, I don't think Dame's going to be there. But I think that uh, Scoot is on the same level as Miller. And I think a lot of people didn't think Miller was like that. I think he's like that. I watched a bunch of his highlights. I th- I think there's a lot to be impressed about. Like I don't I don't want to. That's a pro player, dude. That's a yeah, pro. like I think he's gonna be great. But I just feel like those wings aren't walking around in the league. That's true. That's true. I think if you if you are going to draft someone with that much upside, who also like to his credit proved a lot in college about his ability as a player, like multiple forty point games, um, which is insane, by the way. But like, yeah. So I agree. I th- I think. I feel like Scoot was maybe a more surefire pick than Brandon Miller was, I guess, in my mind. Um, because I, ju- I just feel like Scoot's just like Russell Westbrook, but like built like a fullback <laughs> at like the age of 19. And it's like, dude, this guy's like never going to get hurt. Like, look at him. His arms are boulders. He's got Kawhi shoulders and he can't even buy beer yet. I mean, hey, to um, only be devil's advocate, I guess. But um. To only look, you know, hey, we can't, we'll lock it in. Hey, does that mean he's going to be around like this at 26, 7 yeah. still? I hate that. I'm not going to do, I'm not doing that, you know, not going to work. But yeah, so, no, I agree. I don't think they could have gone wrong with either. I, and just because, you know, we, we watched them at, we watched them in, at the G League night in Vegas where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And we'll wait and see, you know, not to say either unflawed prospects. So, um, we're definitely going to take you, you roll the dice in in a game of basketball where I also have a point guard. I might take the guy that's six nine pushing six ten. Yeah, at the end hey. of the day, and they did. I can't pass on Scoot, Daryl. And I love Brent. You can't pass on Scoot, bro. You're like overthinking. You're overthinking it. Like I know Brandon Miller had an amazing like. He has these flashes of his potential and that those Paul George comparisons, and you kind of get in the trance of oh that would fit so nicely next to Lamelo. But you always got to take the best player available. You just always got to do it. Um, I was a believer that maybe LaMelo and Scoot could kind of work together, to be honest. Like, I am, too. I don't think it's beyond belief at all. It's like, yo, we need to play two guards anyway. <laughs> exactly. Scoot's younger. Yep. Melo played – Melo doesn't need the ball. Exactly. And I think he would thrive better off the ball like that. Not that he can't, right? Yeah, he, they he gladly moves the ball. Guard. Yeah. And, and Scoot's younger, right? Scoot proved it in the G League. And he proves he went up against Wembenyama, which is great, uh, a great sample size. Like I saw that, you know, uh, I would have been there if I wasn't working. Sorry, folks. (laughs) Yeah, like, like I think Scoot was the guy. I think that number three is always so special because when you look back, number three is always like, is there's greatness in number three? Like, yeah, no, that's where the that's where the pressure really started to sink in. I think was that. Charlotte wanted to take Brandon Miller and they had to kind of trust their gut, but 
in leading up to the draft, they were feeling the pressure of, yo, are we really doing this? And that's why Scoop became the betting odds favorite to go number two. And it swung, but hey, they they I I applaud them for rolling with their gut. I think that it also was a tough decision to make because Scoot, I think, is a surefire thing too, at least in you know in the near future. And Portland held because why are we, you know, not going to trust or why are we going to put our eggs in a, in a risky dame trade right now when the trade can happen whenever? We, we don't have to rush the trade. So glad that happened. But we'll kind of – we'll keep it going because that was stock. We got the Thompson twins going back-to-back next. That was I have dope. such concerns about – well, one, I think it was dope that they shouted out that they wanted in and out at their, like, draft – like post draft, like little when they when they interview the players, they were like, "How are you going to celebrate? Whatever you can share with us." And then, uh, the one that got drafted first was Man. like, "Yeah, like we honestly just need to fly some in and out here." And I'm like, "Let's go!" Like as somebody who's in Texas, where these people are delusional and think Whataburger is better, it's like, I respect that. Like I also, I I too am a soldier of God. You know what I mean? Um, but. I, I, I like concerns about this OTE league. I don't think they're, I think they're fine players. I think they can develop very nicely. I don't think there's, that's not anything against them as, as a player. I don't know too much about them, but the OTE league seems like very TikToky, And I don't know what that fully means, but well, it, it, it was kind of like, what are you, what is this? Like, what are like, <laughs> What is this? Like what what is this? Honestly. I will I will also say, like as I mentioned with Scoot, his his season with the Ignite, it wasn't it wasn't all roses, is what I'll say. And both of them, Scoot and you know, the, the Thompson twins, they pursued a different route than college. They they went a route where they would get paid. Right. And that that's exploring that so it's like hey if they were kind of pioneering something that might be something i think if you also watch them play you see that all right these two guys are are nuts athletes and basketball players and that's kind of where the draft broadcast which we were kind of being in it kind of does help for the top guys because they spend a lot of time on kind of their story they talked about some of their high school stuff which i know means nothing but i kind of heard those guys character come through and that's the thing that I think works in their advantage. I think these guys are not only studs athletically, like they'll be in the top percentile from day one. I think they, they're they really good, um, really good morale guys. And they got the right energy about them. Yeah. And good, head, good heads on their shoulders. And that – if it comes down, I know we're just talking basketball still at the end of the day and, uh, you know, they have to work on their jumper. I think that's going to come. But it's funny because Detroit taking Azar, I think, is kind of like the rest of the front offices just being like, well, if uh, this guy – because it was crazy too is they were – there. I can't tell you who I think is better, and I, I've spent a little bit of time watching them. You well, one has kinda, a better-looking jumper than the other, I think. Kind of, sort of. One of them has a gross-looking jumper. I, I played with twins my literally since elementary school. The, I, I've had twins that I played travel ball with year-round and high, all my entire high school. Jake, come on now. I'm sorry. Like, I'm talking shit like you're not right here. <laughs> Jake, Jake, 
we're all brothers with with Jeremy and Gregory. So like you realize that, yo, twins, like it's hard to tell you who's better because both are both can be both are better than each other is is one way to say it. (laughs) Out of Jeremy and Greg. (laughs) I can't say it. Get upset. Dude, I told them me and them have been working out as parents on this pod for over a month. So they're on here any day now, and it's going to be great because um, this, this is what we do with them. We would easily tell them who we think is better. <laughs> yeah. But, like, knowing them and going to bat for them is like, hold on, bro. You're not going to say that either one of them isn't cold. Like, they're both cold. Like, like you yeah, got to respect their game. Yeah. And I think front offices were like, I mean, hey, if, if, we, if they think a men is a lock, like, next one best up. Next up, I if there's not separation, I might have to take the guy with the same DNA as the guy that went before him <laughs> and, like, hope that I get, like, as lucky as the other organization is from taking him. Yeah. So I think that's cool. Shout out to them. I'm an advocate. I, I think they're going to be nice, kind of nice. The Warriors Jesus. took some 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 dude from Santa Clara, which felt kind of like a reach. Well, yeah. that guy. He's nice, though. He's nice. He's got yeah. game. He's got game. I might have a strap on him. He's got some length on him. 44, 5% three-point shooter. They do play some half-court, but, like, they know how to, pl- like, run some sets at Santa Clara. <laughs> same with – They know uh, how to run some sets in the WCC. Dude, same at Pepperdine with Jake, <laughs> the guy the Lakers took at 40. At yeah. 40, he's got some crazy bounce. Jake, yeah, I was the, oh, yeah. we saw this guy. What's his name? The- Maxwell – Wessler? No. Maxwell Wilson. George Maxwell? Am I tripping right now? Uh, we're, we're butchering his name. Yeah. Man. Shout out to him, is. though. Whatever his name I'm is. I'm looking. Bro, welcome. Welcome to the land, buddy. Let's see what you got. Welcome Let's... to the land, buddy. <laughs> you got a lob waiting on you. If you're ready to go get it, like that dude looked kind of like, you know, uh, a highlight yeah. highlight machine yeah. out of the, I know West, out of the West Coast Conference. <laughs> Representing. Representing Gonzaga's conference, dude. The Celtics took the uh, that guy. There's no how old is that guy? First of all, he might be like 20, 21, but like, dude, that guy looks like he's like thirty five. Like, we're talking no about, yeah, no, we're talking about my guy from. Don't say it. We're talking about my guy from. I want to oh, say it's Arkansas. Yes, Jordan Walsh. Dude, he's a, he's a player. Fouled dude, out. He's and, an animal. Fouled <laughs> he's out. Insane. Questionably in the game that um. Arkansas got eliminated from it. Yeah. It was like, oh, you need Walsh out there. Yeah. And the guy that is like, you want to come for as a in the college game when you see him, he's like, hold on, that guy's out there like a Rebound. guy right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, looks, he looks good. I don't know what he'll yeah. play. I don't know what his position is. Is it like a four? Is it like a three? Um, I wonder how the Celtics will use him. Um, I wonder if he'll even see the court like that this year. I assume they'll do what they did with JD Davidson, which by the way, I am hyped for if he gets some run this year. Um, I, I think they'll do the two way thing where it's like, you're going to go play with like the main red claws for a majority of your time here in your well, first yeah, year. They, they, he'll cut their, he'll, he'll have to cut his chops in Boston, which is a good yeah. thing about it. Like, you know that, but you know that also in the regular season, he'll have a stretch where he's getting minutes. Yeah. And if, if he earns those minutes, he'll keep them, you know? Right. Um, yeah, no, dude. Jeremy So Sochan Sohan a little bit. Sohan. I can't believe I butchered his name. He went to like he went to my school, bro. I should be I should be saying his name properly. Like, no, nah, it's not the first name. 
No, yeah. I'm just joking with you. <laughs> uh, but he kind of reminds me of that a little bit in terms of just like, he just looks like kind of like a positionless guy. It's just like, yo, just go out there and, and play defense and grab some boards and just kind of like do whatever. Yeah. On he's he's one. I, I don't know. I'll wrap it. I'll rapid fire something out there. Um, Jet Howard, I like going to Orlando. I know people are saying they they're they're loading up on guards. Well, for one, Jets six eight and bouncy, and has a jumper. So I think that that's what you need, and you need balance because you've already got Franz and Paolo kind of shoring up the front court. You need some you need some dynamic guards out there. So I know they're stacking up. Somebody's going to go, and we're going to get even better. I was ideally. just about to say that they took two guards at six and eleven both. So does that mean like Fultz and and Suggs are gone? Yeah, those reports have been out there already too that they were fielding uh that they were gonna take a, a guard and looking at moving more so kind of Cole Anthony. So um I, I like, you know, Markel I kind of like Jet going there. Markel would look great in green. Just so you know, we got Peyton Pritchard ready for you guys on deck. Don't even worry about it. The Lakers were waiting at 17, and we were oh, let's not overlook the Cam Whitmore slide. Cam Whitmore was in a almost the top five lock and mocks for like the last yeah. two, three weeks. And earlier this week, reports were coming out that he was falling in a lot of teams expectations for where he was going to get drafted. And I went, when Chuck was on, when we talked prospects, our last spot, I kind of said some of the same, I was like, you know, uh, I don't, you know, you got to worry. Teams are got teams. We got to worry about taking guys who's, Jumpers maybe aren't a sure thing, but there was plenty of that still. But I don't know. The Cam Whitmore slide was unexpected, and Houston got great value. Didn't really have a, a meaning for it. So when the Lakers came on the clock, I'm like, dude, that's right there in front of us, Jacob. Did you have anybody that you were hoping that they took there? But I'll say I mean, that first, Huchifino's a he's a he's a guy. I think they got a guy at 17. So I. I actually wanted to talk to you guys about this because I know you guys are more knowledgeable about college basketball. So as a Laker fan, like, what can I expect from Jalen Hood Shafino? Like, because when I heard that name, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, first of all, that's I a want savage. Cam Whitmore, like, he, you know, I see Jay Billis, his top players, and I see some guy named Cam Whitmore, this number one best available, and he keeps going by. He's still there. And I'm thinking, shoot, just pick the guy. Like, what are you doing? Right. Um, I was saying the same because Cam Whitmore is a big body, big body guard, can also can guard almost one through four in, in this stretch projecting for him. So I was like, yeah, go get this physical guy going to play passing lanes, defender, catch lobs. Like, like he has a motor. Yes. Kind of, you know, comes from Nova. They have a pedigree. Look at Josh Hart. Look yep. at Mike Al. Look at Brunson. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Shafino. So the Lakers last year, they took Max Christie, who was um, a top of his recruiting, like ESPN 100, you know, top 10 kind of guy and didn't go nuts in college. Entered the draft early with a lot of upside, took him. I'm still high on Max Christie. I'm also going to pull up the Lakers recent draft picks in just a second. But Hood Shafino played alongside – the national player of the year in Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana last year. They were a top 20, top 10, top five at sometimes team all year long. He was a freshman. He was the Big Ten freshman of the year, which in college basketball, you held your own to earn that. A starter. So catching on to the game was 
you know, a part of the process. And he, I want to say, overcame an injury to start the season on top of it. So there's a lot of upside in his playmaking and comfort with the ball. What Chuck said he loved about him was that he came from a hoop academy prior to, and he was one of the guys that on our first draft preview, because I've been wanting to talk about the draft since May, he was like, any other guys that you want to talk? He was like, well, Jalen Hutchifino is the guy I really like. I think he's mm. knows how to play team basketball at a high level and will adapt to a role were his words, a sort of, because I listened back to it today. And I was like, there we go. Does he have that Mountain Bird kind of background to to his high school career? Because in his highlights, it looked like it was some Mountain Bird, but I'm not too sure. I I also Um, meant to say about uh, Hutchifino is that his nickname is Fino, which his mom gave him, which is an acronym for failure is not an option. I'm rolling with my guy, Fino. Fino's here. You you can have this dance. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's a good pick. I, I thought it was fan. a great thing. Yeah, I, I I was hoping. I honestly was hoping we were going to hear a trade. Like Lakers traded seventeen and whatever. Me so, too. you know, and and to Daryl's point, like and yeah, he's like, a Montbert guy. Max Jacob. Christie. He's a Montbert guy. Yeah, and, and and to your point, like like we have Max Christie. Like, why are we reaching for another guard? Like, if you if you're not going to trade the pick, then at least try to fill a need, right? For me, I would I would have loved for. Um, What's his name? Derek Lively. Yeah, you say it. I, you know, of course he didn't fall, but like a like a nice seven foot athletic, just five. You can kind of just kind of bring up slowly, kind of. I don't know something like that. Well, kind of. None of those guys went for the next fourteen, fifteen picks. It it wasn't a center heavy draft, so they they kind of didn't have one to lean on at that spot. Um. I, I don't know, man. I'm, to be honest with you, I saw that that Houston was trying to trade trade up so they can uh, – now we know it was Cam Whitmore that they were trying to grab, but they didn't want to say who they were interested in. Um, But Lakers could have, I don't know, maybe just squeeze like number 20 and um, I don't know I, what else was on there. I think you'll enjoy – I think you'll get to enjoy Huchifino pretty soon. I think Summer League you're going to see – He's play, the, bro. He's going to be dude, in Summer League. Dude, dude, I think Summer League you're going to see that this guy can ball. He's also big body, 6'3 or 6'4, 215. Like he, he, he and he, with a really, know, man. I'm getting really like a, good in between handle, mid range pull up. Sorry to be Jay Billis right now, but, <laughs> but um, aside no. from that, um, yeah, he's a, like I said, Montbird guy. I think what the Lakers were trying to do was give themselves options so they don't have to overpay for Reeves. We've talked about Reeves in, in, in the group chat a little bit. And I think that they have a ceiling for Reeves. I think that the door is still open for if they're going to swing on a guy, quote unquote, their their free agency pinballs haven't started, you know, falling yet. So they're not sure. I think that stacking up on these good guards are making sure that they at least have very, you know, happy contracts on the books being rookie deals and guys like Dennis Schroeder who are going to resign for, you know, very reasonable numbers. And like, so that was like, all right, we're, we're taking care of the backcourt. We'll also take care of the front court. but who are we giving like a chunk of money to while we're still figuring it all out. And they don't want to, I think, be forced to match something unreasonable for Austin Reeves. Hmm. So I, I think Cuchifino, Christie are, you know, just two guys who can buy for those spots next year. And I think Cuchifino gets a minutes, dude. I think he's a ball. I think he's a I think he's a ball player. 
to me, he looks like a like a like a Scotty Pippen Jr. Like that's the vibe I get as I watch him. Pippen Jr. was a right? good was a good prospect. He also had a good showing in summer league. Kind of hit threes at a good rate and thought that you know that could kind of stick. And I think he just has a ceiling, and, and it's not that high to be not to be dirty on Scotty Pippen Jr. I think Hushifino is nineteen. He's nineteen. He's Shout out the future. Like I said, Big Ten freshman of the year, coming out of prep school, ball player. No, played, I guess you, bro. Played I guess that you. was a Hoosier. Like he understands pressure. He's going to walk into LA where, guys, LA has kind of only drafted bangers for like a couple of years now. <laughs> and me and Joe, me and Chuck laughed about this that. Yeah, none of them are just on the roster. None of them earn a second contract. But the mm-hmm. Lakers have kind of just only drafted guys that pan out in this league. No, you're you're right, bro. I think I think I think what the Lakers strive though, from, from what it looks like, is second round undrafted players. They have an eye for kind of garnering, grabbing that that talent. Um, who knows? Man, I, they missed on Mo Wagner. Um, of course, they got Kuz and. But Mo Wagner, Mo Wagner, still playing minutes. He's a meaningful yeah. big in Orlando's rotation. Yeah, bro. But when you look at who you pass on, I gotta go back to that draft. There was some good. I, you pass on some, you know. They took Mo Wagner at twenty five. You can't be mad at like that. I, I pulled their six or something. I pulled their players up. You guys want to? I can give me 10, 12 seconds. Going back to wow. So twenty fourteen, they took Julius Randle. Twenty fifteen, they took Larry Nash Jr. D'Angelo Russell. Twenty sixteen, they took Zubac. 2016, they also took Ingram. 2017, they took Lonzo. Speed Mikhailuk was a miss, but they also took Mo Wagner that draft. And then they took Max Christie. There was no misses in that. And then add Kuzma, who was a draft that they picked that they got from a different team. There was no misses on NBA players on that list. They drafted Clarkson as well, I I think. The thing is, though, they, they, they have an eye for talent for sure, but like, it depends, man. Like the long if, if you go, was a miss, dude. Yeah, no. There's been a change in the drafting culture and the guys making picks over there. Because if you look at the years between 2005 to 2013, who they were taking, no, they were not Stop those guys. <laughs> they were not those. Now I'm talking about the Andrew Gallocks, the Robert Sacras, the Ryan Kellys, the Devin Ebanks. Sasha Medvedenko. <laughs> like Jordan Farmar was like a bet like panned out for the better out of these guys. And of course there's Bynum, which was you know great for yeah, three years. Right, <laughs> but like in recent memory, they've taken nothing but guys that are getting paid right now in the league still. Yeah. Uh, no, so you're, you're I, I think that uh I'm erring on the side that this is gonna pan out in some sort of positive fashion for the Lakers next year. Yeah, I'm hoping so. They they don't really have too much options, right? They gotta, you know, they they do have control over their first round picks, I guess, in the future. Just a lot of these pick uh, these pick swaps, which obviously worked in their favor this year. But um, hey, they sure did. I mean, yeah. In the right draft. Yeah, yeah, and this was a deep draft too. So, so for example, like uh, I already I, I already forgot his name. I'm being disrespectful. Who are the Lakers picked? Oh, cash Oh, he's talking about the first pick? Yeah, Huchifino. Yeah, That's yeah. Like, in any draft, right? So, in last year's draft, where, where The acronym have... names are a little tough, I feel you. Yeah. Like, where would he have been projected last year? Like, top 10? 
top like is he is it is this draft class yeah. that talented that so much so many players just slipped out the gate, right? You said Amari Bailey would have been a lot lottery player last year. That's what you told me. Yeah, he, no, he, he would have. He, yeah, he based off depth. I think I said the I think I said the Wiseman draft, which was a I think maybe two years, two or three years ago. It was worse. It, it, I can't remember exactly the depth of last year's, but no, he would have. Like, and I do. I think Amari Bailey is going to be a guy. <laughs> I was hoping the Lakers took him at forty. Guess where he went? Forty-one. But we took Kuchifino, so which was a positional fit as well. And I and I like Kuchifino's upside a little more than yeah, Bailey's. Yeah. But I I would have liked Bailey in the second round. I, I like Kuchifino in the first round. So it's like I think high, more highly of Kuchifino. So if the Lakers would have walked away with Cam Whitmore and Amari Bailey, like how would you have felt about that? Oh man, why did you just tell me that? I would have loved it, but. Oh man, that's 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 a good one, but um, yeah, but I I I'm still with this one. I'm not upset with it. I was hope I was expecting to hear somebody I didn't even you know recognize, and them still not take Whitmore, but they took JHS, which I was like, okay, actually, you know, because right before that, I was hoping we got Hawkins. I was hoping we maybe got Keontae George. They both came off the board right before that, and I'm like, oh. Damn, wait a second. Whitmore's still on there? Rob, this isn't difficult. Just take him. <laughs> Just take him. You're getting like a blessing in disguise right now. And the pick was in kind of early. So I'm like, all right, here we go. We didn't trade it. Yeah. It's not Cam Whitmore. Oh, wait a second, though. Actually, okay, okay. Like, okay. I was yeah. with it. I was with it. Yeah, bro. And and I purposely say it off of Twitter during the draft, like just to get the sense of like what's gonna what's gonna happen. Like can when we're available, like and I'm yeah. excited and I'm just waiting. Um right, and I'm just waiting for the Lakers. I'm like, oh can when we're available, like I'm not looking on Twitter, I'm like, this is it, he fell, he fell, and you hear the pick, you're like, What are they doing? What are you doing? Right. Um, they they didn't they didn't piss me off. They, they definitely did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I trust what they're doing, right? And, and like you said, good players came off the board, right? Like, I wanted Jordan Hawkins. Like, I was like, oh, Kim Johnson kind of prototype. Like, perfectness LeBron to AD. Like, 3 and D, shoots the lights out. Like, that's what we need. And and to their credit, like, I'm sure the front office has a good plan. They deserve the benefit of the doubt based off of years past and, and past drafts. So, you know, yeah. I'm with it. I like um, them sticking with the pick and, and keeping, you know, some more youth because you can always go – Science and find some bets to play with LeBron. Jeff Green, sign him. Uncle. <laughs> Uncle Jeff. Oh. <laughs> Is I think that's about it, fellas. Uh, I think we uh I think we hammered that. And you know, now we gotta wait till if we can make it to July 1st when, when free agency kind of hits. Yeah. Which is uh also my son Bash's birthday this fool's gonna be two shout out to bash just had to say it since that's his, his, his birthday this is episode 26 i'm about to turn 26 shout out to shout out to birthdays hey shout out to my cancers hey we up right now uh, i'm throwing my hands out to you right now nobody uh nobody else was able to catch me on the, on, on air but shout out to the oh, cancers you're ridiculous <laughs> summer is in uh summer is, is alive and well i'll probably be you know Talking enjoy on the here. Young Thug tonight to all our listeners that that listen to rap and hip hop. Enjoy the Young Thug. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was a it was a nice offering. Let's definitely do that. 
let's enjoy uh the big jace on the outro shout out to big jace thank you big jace you know what i mean till next time folks Peace, you, man. Peace.